Pastor's Heart on a Friday afternoon and Dominic Steele here in a special edition of The Pastor's Heart. We are reacting quickly to the announcement just an hour ago that Australia's Prime Minister Scott Morrison has announced a three-step program to reopen Australia. A three-stage plan, stage one, groups of 10, stage two, groups of 20 and stage three, groups of 100. Astonishingly, he said by July or sometime during July... We have a friend of the pastor's heart, Peter Mayrick from Moore College in Sydney and their Centre for Ministry Development. Uh, he's back with us and he's been doing a survey of churches and ministers on how we're negotiating COVID-19. His report is out today. He's kindly agreed to come to talk to us about it. But before we come to Peter Mayrick, I just want to encourage you to financially back us in this pastor's heart ministry. There's a small team working to make this happen, but they do need to be paid and we're not yet there in terms of paying our own way and we do want to move forward in in terms of growth, we have a vision to grow, to continue to well, to resource, to support even more pastors. And if you are able to help us out uh, by going to patreon.com slash the pastor's heart and starting with, I don't know, a 10 or $5 a month uh, contribution, that would be great. Uh, I was really encouraged this morning by a conversation with a pastor from Adelaide. And uh, at the end of the conversation, he just noted to me how many of the evangelical ministers in that city have been supported and encouraged by the work we're doing here with the pastor's heart. So, Peter Marek, thanks very much for coming in. Thank you, Dominic. Great to be out from behind Zoom and yeah. to be somewhere live. <laughs> in real life. <laughs> and you and I, we've just sat here and watched the Prime Minister's announcement and yes. he talked 10, 20, 100, and then that line, that word July, and we both just about fell over. Amazing. Um, it's really encouraging and exciting to be in this transition phase, um, but it's amazing, isn't it, that we could be doing things by July end. And what does it mean for the church landscape in Australia if we say 100? Because that's going to change things significantly for some churches. I think some churches will be able to meet mm -hmm. by the end of July, which is wonderful um, if we agree to do the right things. Um, and obviously yeah. there'll be a whole new hygiene regime. Absolutely. And, and we'll have to work out how we make that happen with, uh, with credibility and with trust. And he spoke sector um, by sector. Yes, he did. And uh, I think we will, we will be, um, we'll be asked to be responsible in the way we do that. Mm -hmm. but, so there's a group of churches who will say, great, we can meet together. There's a group of churches for whom we'll have to work out, how on earth do we do that? Mm. Uh, we, we meet with 150 normally in that congregation. Mm -hmm. Will we meet? We'll have to work out, what will you do? Um, you've got one of those congregations. Yeah, we've got a problem like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and say, what will we do? Um, well, what we're going to do is we're going to have a meeting on Tuesday afternoon of our whole staff to work it out. Um, yeah. we've, we had already said to our staff, there's a series of questions we want you to work on in terms of what does re-entry look like for yeah. your department. And we have a half-day meeting planned to go through that. So we're just going to take this as another piece of information into that um, that conversation on Tuesday. That's great. And, and think about uh, small groups, for example. Um, what, what will small groups look like socially distanced? You know, if we can have five people in our house who are not the, the members of the family, is that a small group? Or do we have to still do some Zoom uh, or things like that? And or, one of the difficulties we've know? had with the... I mean, this has actually not been during the COVID season, but prior to the COVID season, the small groups that were kind of half, um, half on Zoom and half in real life... They were actually much more difficult than when everyone was yes. on Zoom. Because communication is so, different. Yeah, and you just leave the people who are the satellite people out of the conversation, yeah. whereas when everyone's a satellite person, everyone's included. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So there's lots to think through. And I think it's, it's wonderful to know that there's a time frame potentially. Of course, the states will decide what that looks like. Um, and now's the time where we can really sit back and say things like, you know, what did we stop that we don't think we should re restart, you know? So what, you've been doing some thinking about yeah. that. Yeah, you were telling me about... I mean, we've, you've got a report that you've published yeah. to discuss in a moment, but you were telling me about how the crisis forces change and we can go all sorts of different directions. What's your advice for us at that point, because yeah. I think every minister's listening to that. Um, a friend of mine who's a minister in Brisbane was very helpful. He's an org psych. He helped me think about this, and he said, actually, the natural response for people will be like an elastic band to come back to normal. Back to exactly how and we ex were. Ex expect it to be exactly the same. And some churches with under 100, congregations of 100, might be able to go to that way, but that may not be the best thing. And it may not be. So we have to start thinking um, about, well, the mission hasn't changed. We've been meeting in a different way. What have we learned during this time that we could take forward with, that we could take into the future? Uh, we stopped everything and we, we re-engaged other things. Uh, what would we not restart? Uh, we changed a few things. How would they help us moving forward? And we started new things. What did we learn from those things? Could we continue with those? Um, over this period, could we experiment with little things to live out the mission more fully? And, and I think this is a wonderful opportunity for the church. Change is so hard. Mm. We're in the midst of it that's been forced upon us. Let's not let the rubber band um, come right back without thinking. Mm -hmm. um, and now we've got a bit of bandwidth post the, the, the initial Crisis. energy. Yeah. You know, the, the adrenaline rush mm -hmm. for the last six weeks has been enormous. And so let's just start to condition ourselves to start thinking. What do, you, what do we think the future might look like if we were to live out the mission of Christ faithfully? Mm. Um, I think that will be helpful. I mean, here's a tiny little one from our patch. Mm. As we've gone to online church meetings, um, uh, we change. We've been doing them live, yeah. but how do we do question time? Yeah. Um, we, we've had question time, comment time uh, in our analogue meetings pre-COVID. Uh, well, we've had people message in through our online cards and that people have been messaging in lots of questions and comments. But, and then we've had uh, Jessica put them to the preacher and we've actually had a much greater diversity and a much larger number of questions coming in in this. Isn't that brilliant? Oh, and so I don't think we'll go back to somebody putting their hand up in the auditorium. In quite, we might, yeah. but in some way we're going to need to... That will influence how we do our public meetings going forward. That's just one of but many. It, but yeah. it makes sense. Uh, look, at my church, um, they haven't been able to do that live, but they've done a Monday questions to the, the preacher. Right, yeah. Would that continue? I don't know. Yeah. But, but there's lots there's of things all that have these things we've got to discuss. Yeah. yeah. Now, you've done a survey yeah. of ministers and churches, mainly from across Australia. Yes. And I saw 30% of people from New South Wales, 30% from Victoria, and then others from around the state. Have I mean, so a lot of people have a participated. A lot of people, yeah. And you've come up with some theses about what's going on in church across Australia. Um, just... The big one was people are tired. Yeah, people are tired. Um, and, and look, that is not surprising at all. Um, just think about the way the normal rhythm of life goes in church. Pastors are tired the week after Easter. We're always tired. The first mm. term is hard. This term is like no other term we've seen. Mm. Four weeks before Easter, people change the whole way we, we meet. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that pastors need to acknowledge that, yes, they are tired. Nine out of ten Sydney Anglicans were tired. 63%, I think the figure is, for the rest of Australia or with, with the, the total group, said that they were either exhausted or tired. 
I'm not surprised. And I, I want to just say, first and foremost, pastors, we get that you're tired and you should be tired. What you have been through has been enormous. And um, you are allowed to be tired. So the first message should be to commend you for what you have done the four weeks up to Easter. Make sure, first and foremost, you're looking after yourself. Because a tired you is not the best you. And so we, we, we want to encourage you to look after that tiredness. Sustainability is one of the core things that must come out of that. Um, the mission hasn't changed. We've changed the way we're doing things. Is what we're doing sustainable? Yes. Even the, this timetable of the Prime Minister's announcement this afternoon and him using that word July means, oh, I'm now going to need to think about a whole lot more change management just when I'd kind of got used to a new normal. For some people, that will create extraordinary stress, won't it? Um, mm. We mentioned about Valerie Ling speaking on, on CMD's webinar yeah. last week, uh, talking about decision fatigue. Mm -hmm. um, we're now moving into another set of decisions. This mm. is hard work. And so leadership now comes to the fore. And um, we must make sure we do that in a way that is sustainable and is helpful. Okay. How? <laughs> yeah, I, one of the things that I, I picked out, um, everyone recognised that leadership was important and uh, everybody recognised most people were communicating more. One thing I was surprised at is that um, in some cases we hadn't recognised the full bandwidth of leadership. Mm -hmm. And so for some churches, uh, we, we, we set the question up on communication to make it clear that you could be communicating yourself with a ministry team or with lay people. And what you saw was only about half of the churches um, right across the board were communicating through lay people. Um, and of those people who were communicating through lay people what about... What do you mean by that? Well, what I meant by that is... So let me take you a step back. The closest anal analogy I have to this period was when I was managing director of a couple of companies through a merger. Mm -hmm. And what I learnt was communication was really important. You know, people in that crisis were worried about their jobs, about mm -hmm. their sustainability, um, their financial viability. Um, I found that there were, there were three pieces of communication that were essential. One was to my team. One was to the whole company and one was to the leaders who led the company. And those people are often first-line managers. They're the people who lead the teams. Um, what was important for me was that those people understood what are we thinking, what are we saying, what are we planning and what are we hoping for. And it may well be the same message to the whole group. But when you communicate to the leaders, they, and they know that they're hearing it as leaders, they listen with a different ear and they're more likely to communicate and you make the message of communication important. The truth is, leaders who aren't confident they know the whole picture do one of two things. They either lean out from the conversation and don't engage or they lean in and engage and make it up. And so it's really important that we involve all leaders in an understanding of what's going on. And I did that by these town hall uh, telephone conferences. Now, that's a decade ago. Mm -hmm. um, it's really easy on Zoom to say, hey, if you think you're a leader, why don't you come and listen to what we're doing? Mm -hmm. And I just want to make you aware, because we think you're really valuable. Thank you for your leadership, by the way. I'd just like to make you aware of what we're saying mm -hmm. and what we're doing and what we're planning and what we're praying for. And... I'd love you to know this because you're important, your leadership is important and I want you to be aware of what we're saying, which is saying you have permission to speak. Mm -hmm. And the truth is these are the people that we have given um, uh, a huge influence over what we do in church. 
They, they meet people more regularly. They meet people more closely in lounge rooms and things like that. And so it's a real, real opportunity for leadership at this time is to bring the whole crowd along for the journey and to recognise leadership. The other thing, of course, with sustainability is to make sure that all I mean, of us... On all the way us, into this journey, yeah. it felt like a small group had to make some quite big decisions oh, very quickly. Enormous. And, and so in, in lots of ways, our normal leadership of consensus and working things out actually just had to... You had to make a change. But Great but to see. Coming back, you're saying it's going to matter how we do it because we actually do have time to plan. We and, do have time to plan and, and, and bring people with us. And if I was just a reflective listen, what I think you'd be saying to me, if I've just said we're going to have a staffed afternoon on Tuesday where we spend five hours working on it, I might be wise to have a town hall meeting of all our community group leaders at six o'clock on Tuesday night or something like that. There is is, that and there is no cost in saying to them, so you don't necessarily have to involve them in the planning, mm -hmm. but you might invite them to give you ideas. Hey, here's what we're wrestling with. We're wrestling with how we might deal with this thing that Mr Morrison just proclaimed. Mm -hmm. um, so if you've got any ideas, please feel free to send them in. That in itself is, is a wonderful, um, pow wonderfully mm -hmm. powerful thing to do. Um, you might not get good ideas, but they know that they're in the equation and mm -hmm. they're thought of. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is you now have a bigger pool of people who can put their shoulder to the wheel and are willing to put their shoulder to the wheel. You also have a bigger pool of people who actually know now, oh, I do know the whole story. Yeah, that's right. OK. Um, it's not a vacuum. Too often we make it about the ministry club, they know everything, and I'm not sure if I know everything. This yeah. is just being open-handed. Yeah. Yeah, that's very helpful. Now, um, we've talked uh, tiredness, sustainability, leadership. Now, what about community? What came out of the report on community? Yeah, I think community was the one thing that came out as the biggest wrestle. Mm -hmm. The biggest wrestle. How do we um, uh, develop community? The platform doesn't necessarily build community. Lots of us, about 60% of people are using Zoom in a way. Yeah, you and, had, and, I've got your and, report here, 60% Zoom, yep. 58 YouTube. 46 on Facebook, 22 on Church Online, and 18% on other. Uh, although so, those all add up to more than 100. Yes, so people they do. are going out on. I mean, yes. we're going out on multiple platforms. Yeah. yeah. And in Sydney Anglicans, about 70% are using YouTube. I was interested to see, really? for some reason, right. a higher mm -hmm. use, and just as many on Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, wouldn't you like to have shares in Zoom, hey? Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the first survey, 25% of churches were using Zoom. Yeah. In the second survey, it's got to 60. You know? yeah. um, but, but community is hard because the platform doesn't necessarily lend itself to community. Even Zoom, where you've got 50 people there, that, that's not mm. necessarily community. And so what, what became clear, in fact, you could see community coming out more strongly in some of the churches that weren't doing the online platform. Because mm -hmm. what you, you saw comments like, I've, I've asked my lay leaders to phone all of their group. Mm -hmm. I, I've asked others to phone everyone in church. And what you could see is some of the old school techniques actually may well work better for community. Mm -hmm. um, but the important thing is that's got to be delegated because you can't make 100 phone calls yeah. to 100 people. Um, and it, I have watched some churches, I think, have kind of... There have been churches that have been moving from pastor church to program church or yes. cell church. Yes. And, and then suddenly in this kind of time of crisis, they've kind of reverted to form and reverted back to pastor church. Yeah. And, and I thought, oh, no, you're making a heart, you're digging a bigger hole for yourself in the future. Yes, <laughs> yeah. you are. Although I will say um, 
it's really easy in this stage to make it about the program without recognising the program is about the people. people. So even when I'm presenting, recognise that visitor is a person. They're not just a number, they're a person. How on earth could I connect with them? And, and here's part of the wrestle. Mm -hmm. is, um, so how do we help community? And some churches are doing wonderful things mm -hmm. like Zoom rooms, uh, Zoom morning teas, phone calls, mm -hmm. um, watching the, the thing together or meeting as a growth group and watching, the Zoom, watching through Zoom yeah. together. You know, there's some great things going on. Read the report. Um, and you've got the various options. We've got some the of them there. We haven't yeah. got all of them. Yeah. Um, but um, we've got the, 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 the strong ones or the, the, the majority of them. But visitors... How on earth do you... We've had visitors. Yeah. We've had more people come and visit from all over the world than we've seen before. But the most common frustration and wrestle is, who are they? They didn't tell me who they were. We could see where they were. They didn't tell me who they were. And so, welcome and, and, and follow so, up. And so, you've got people watching on YouTube, you've got people watching on Facebook, you've got... How do you do it? Yeah. What's the... What have you... As you've researched around? Yeah, so of course, um, I loved Mike Padgett. If you, anyone can see Mike Padgett's video on how he uses Zoom rooms, I mm -hmm. thought that was really clever, the way they push people into Zoom rooms, and one of those rooms is the people whose names they didn't know, and they welcome people formally into a Zoom room. I, I mm -hmm. thought that was very clever. Um, the biggest wrestle for most people is do we have a communication card, and then, oh, no one fills it in. So we put in the report, we actually put yours in as a report because mm -hmm. I think your landing page is someone people should go and have a look at. Look at villagechurch.sydney slash online. Sydney slash online. Because as Dominic will tell you, the first page is a login page mm -hmm. and you've had many more visitors many tell us more who they are. Of, uh, so I think we're, it's at least 150 people who we didn't know yeah. have given us their contact details. And what have we done? We've just said one URL all the time. So we actually found the church online landing page mm -hmm. was too complex. It just to, to, to describe what to do to check in was too complex. And so we've just said, let us know you're here, villagechurch.sydney slash online. And so far we're up to 150 contacts. And we've now, we send them a, a text on the Monday, an email on the Tuesday, invite them back by another text on the Friday. Yeah. And now we're, we're some of them go to other churches. One of the boxes is, I'm visiting from another church, yeah, you know, and that kind of thing. And that, if, if they tick on the box, I'm visiting from another church, well, that tells us not to invest lots of energy in following them up. <laughs> so you've got the landing page. Yeah. Um, not everyone can do that. Um, you've got a Zoom room approach. Uh, yep. Not everyone can do that either. Um, there's another one I saw, and I think the word is, is authentic and, mm -hmm. and actually explicit. I think we need to recognise, because it's not... It's people more than programs... We, we need to be more explicit in what we do. And your landing page, you might have said tw 12 months ago, that's ugly. Yeah. But it's explicit. Yeah. And it's intentional. Yeah. And, and so the other good example I've heard is a person who has a communication card and they've done it live in their service too. Mm -hmm. so, that, so this is ugly. Mm -hmm. But they stop the, the, the program for two minutes or a minute mm -hmm. and say, right, I'd like everybody to click the communication card and I'd like you to tell me how you're going. Mm -hmm. um, you could do dialogue of different. Yeah. You, could, you could do a poll in that manner. Mm -hmm. You could do mm -hmm. and report it later on, which is about engagement. But tell us how many people are watching in your place. You know, which m most people are guessing. Yeah. Um, but that would be a great piece mm -hmm. of information. If you're a visitor, could you please tell us, which is exactly your signing card, who you are, where you're coming from? We'd like to make contact. That person got more visitors filling in the card as well. Mm. Um, and if you think about it, 
it's it's actually authenticity over professionalism mm -hmm. because they the professional would say stop mm. you know don't stop keep yeah. it going make it make it schmick no no we're going to stick a stick in the spokes yeah. and do something so that people know a they're welcome and b we want to follow them up yeah i think that's important and so someone i was speaking to the other day said we need to be a bit more like Koshi, if you don't like Koshi, I apologise <laughs> for the image, but a bit more like Koshi and less like the newsreader. Yeah. And what's Koshi really good at? Koshi, Home, homeliness. <laughs> there's hundreds Those of... Those people the, who are watching and listening to us from around the world have got no idea. <laughs> but We're talking breakfast, breakfast television. Yeah. <laughs> and the breakfast presenters, their skill is to make you think that they're talking to you. I'm your best mate. That's yeah. right. And I think that's who we need to be down... And I, and I need to watch The Pastor's Heart from last week with the TV guys. Yep. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Um, I, I learned so much from Carl Fays, and I'm mm. going to learn more from those guys too. But... Mm. We need to not just be professional, but we need to be personal. Yeah. And to well, it's a very different skill speaking in the lounge room. Yes. To speaking on the platform, and uh, and just how you relate and uh, how you draw people in. It's just, just it's, anyway. There's a whole episode. And on I, that. But yeah. I was with someone this morning who has a tradi more traditional church, and what they had found was the way they they introduce the traditional church made an enormous difference. Mm. So it wasn't just box cutting yeah. what they did, they still wanted to give the tradition from the pulpit, mm -hmm. but it was the way they introduced it made an enormous amount of yeah. difference. Yeah. Um, mission, evangelism, because you've got yeah. quite a bit in the report on evangelism, and my hunch is, is that some people are doing well and some people, well, they've had such a focus on their internal community, eyes have gone off the world. Yeah, I think that's entirely... And, and that's expected, by the way. You know, four weeks mm. of getting up online before Easter, now's yep. the time to make sure that we are being missional. Um, many people said, at least half of the, the Australian groups said they, they want to do online uh, evangelism. Mm -hmm. um, more in Sydney, actually, said mm -hmm. that. Um, much closer to eight in ten people said they would. Um, the thing that was, was interesting to me, um, when you ask the question of mission and evangelism, it seemed to be some churches talk about mission and outreach, we didn't say evangelism, um, would be explaining the gospel. Other, other churches, and particularly Salvation Army churches, mm -hmm. talked about um, providing food and things like mm -hmm. that. And then there's a group of uh, churches that realised actually there's an end in this equation that actually goes quite well. Um, and, I, and that was an interesting thing for me to read, it was in the comments. Um, but the online stuff is interesting. The people who commented about online all said it's never got easier. It's never got easier to throw an ad, an ad out there mm. for do you want to come and join us online. Um, if you can deal with some of the things that are going online, the various companies that produce the online evangelism or the, on, the packages have actually got some good education. Um, I would commend people to watch The Pastor's Heart from this week on... Um, you had your guys talking about yeah, introducing yeah. God. I thought that was excellent. Mm. Just doing this through Zoom. Yeah, it's it's a really good thing. Mm. Um, it was I, lovely how authentic they were, wasn't they it? They were outstanding. Like yeah. again, it wasn't schmick. Yeah, <laughs> it was personal. Yeah, um, and uh, I, I feel and the like training that, I feel like that. I feel like one of the changes, and it's going to actually be related to us having to actually deal with smaller numbers mm. is that personal authentic rather than schmick is actually going to be one of the things coming out of this season yeah. going forward. Yeah. And the thing I liked about that by the way and something I picked up in our language is how many of us, um, it, it, it kind of read as if the paid people run these things. Mm -hmm. Whereas those two that you had, neither of them were paid to do it. They yeah. were both lay people. 
And, and I think that's something that um, we're going to have to think about a lot in the Sydney Anglican area circles. How do we lift leaders, uh, paid leaders, into the roles of teaching, equipping mm -hmm. um, roles rather than the doing roles? And we're equipping the saints to be the missionaries of Jesus. Mm. Um, and I think given that large meetings aren't, aren't there's so much on the plate. Mm. I just think that this, this could be a really good opportunity for us to make that shift to where we know we should be. Mm. Thanks so much for coming in to talk to us. You're welcome, brother. My guest on The Pastor's Heart, Peter Mayrick from the Centre for Ministry Development. His report, uh, really dealing with the changes that we as pastors and the changes that churches are going through right now, uh, it's at cmd.training, or we'll put the link to it in the notes below this video, below this episode of The Pastor's Heart. Now, on Tuesday, when we come back to our regular episode, Gary Koo is going to be joining us, and we're going to be talking more about the way forward and the whole re-entry process, uh, and really try to take the announcement from the Prime Minister today to digest it, to think more about how to go forward. Thanks for joining us this afternoon on this special edition of The Pastor's Heart. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.